Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. Well, it's the day after Christmas, and I hope that you are having an opportunity to relax and just to spend time uh, maybe enjoying some Christmas presents or some coffee, hot chocolate. Maybe you still have leftover snacks you need to finish off. Um, I love the day after Christmas. We've gone through all of the things for the Christmas season for church. We've done all our shopping. We've done all our wrapping. Um, kids are either happy or not <laughs> over their gifts. Uh, but um, it's also just a time to recover and to think about kind of what has been and what's going to be in the coming year. I remember the most exhausting Christmas uh, that I can remember, we had decided that year we were going to get the kids a basketball goal and a trampoline. And as you probably know, neither come pre-assembled. Uh, we couldn't put them together ahead of time because they would see them. And so we waited on Christmas Eve for them to go to bed and hopefully go to sleep before I headed outside in the dark with my headlamp and uh, just wanted to go put those together. I thought, you know, a couple hours for the basketball goal, a couple hours for the trampoline. I'll be tired, but they'll be done. It'll be great. Well, as these things tend to go, at least the way I kind of expect them and plan for them to go, uh, around three in the morning, I finished with the basketball goal and I was done. And so I had to go in and tell Deidre, this trampoline's not going to happen. So we wrapped it up real quick, put a bow on it and went to bed. About two hours later, the kids were up and I, I was so tired, but you have to get up when the kids get up, right? So we went in and opened their presents and really I just kept thinking, when do I get to go back to sleep? I don't know if you've had a, a Christmas like that, um, but it ended up being a great day. We got the trampoline put together. Uh, the kids had a great time. We had a great time and I did get a nap later. Well, this morning, I wanted to just share with you a little about what I do kind of this time of year and encourage you perhaps to do the same if you don't already. And that is to kind of look back and think about the year that has happened and to look forward about maybe the things that God wants to do in the coming year. As I look back over uh, just the last couple of months at our church, I have had such a great time with our church family. Uh, in addition to all the things we've done here in the building, we've been pretty active in the community and pretty active in, in being generous and giving to others. In addition to helping with the food pantry a couple of times a month, um, that's over at Red Bank United Methodist Church, uh, we also had an opportunity to return to serving with Widow's Harvest, which was the first time we had done that uh, since the pandemic started. And so several of us went out one beautiful sunny morning um, and this wonderful lady needed some work done to her house or she had some water damage. She had a retaining wall falling over um, and then she just needed some cleanup around the house done. And and so we got to go and serve. We had a bunch of kids there and, and some of the jobs the kids couldn't do, but they had a smile on their face and they had fun running and playing and they helped where they could. It ended up being just a great day. I can't wait for us to do that again. I also really enjoyed coming together with four other Red Bank churches uh, to have a combined youth party. It was it was a blast, and uh, I so enjoyed being with not only our youth but also these other churches. And I can't wait for us to do that again. I'm super thankful for all those who participated and helped make that happen as well. 
we had an opportunity to partner um, in the last few months with Red Bank Middle School. Uh, and so you've given a lot of clothes and different things to help with our clothes pantry, uh, just to make sure that, you know, if kids needed something, they would have it. Uh, and then we had an opportunity uh, to provide lunch for teachers during testing week a couple of weeks ago. And Bruce and Kathleen Cunningham picked up a bunch of pizzas and took them over there. And we just had an opportunity to minister to them by feeding them during a stressful week of their lives. I'm really looking forward to ways that we can continue to partner them, with them as well. For our Christmas giving project, uh, we provided Christmas for two uh, Ruminian graduate families. Um, a graduate family is someone who's been through the program. They've gone from being on the streets or homeless uh, to going through training and, and learning how to get a job and learning some new job skills and then also how to balance a budget and how to take care of yourself. Um, but as they launch out into this kind of self-sustaining life, it, it really does take a lot uh, to help them get moving. And so providing Christmas for, for two of these um, families was really helpful for them. And it's just, I, I love to see our church family uh, do that. Our kids ministry also provided Christmas for one special needs child through Siskin Children's Institute, uh, which is also just a great opportunity to, to teach them at a young age. Uh, God gives us so much, and we have the opportunity to give to others who are in need as well. So I've thoroughly enjoyed that. That doesn't, that doesn't even count the, the baptisms that we've had, which are really one of my very favorite things ever that we do at Journey. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of that in 2022 as well. As I look back, you all have been so incredibly generous to our church. Uh, and, and as I think about 2021, it's, it's almost impossible not to lump it together with 2020, right? Because, I mean, it feels like one long, unending year that <laughs> we're going into our third 2020 um, in, in a couple of weeks. But you have been so faithful to show up and to be here, to be supportive and encouraging, to serve and to give uh, not just when we do these special giving initiatives, but to support the ministry of the church. And, and I just feel blessed um, to be uh, a part of this church and to do life with you. So I just wanted to say thank you for all the ways uh, that you have been generous with your time, generous financially, generous with your, your encouragement. Uh, it's just, I, I'm just so thankful for you and I'm looking forward to kind of where things are going to go in this coming year, which is really what I wanted uh, just to spend a few minutes talking with you about. I firmly believe that the entire story of Scripture is about God trying to break into this world and to show us what he had really intended from the beginning for us before sin entered. And we see that in story after story after story but probably nowhere do we see it more clearly than, um, of course, the birth of Jesus. But before that would be kind of the calling of Moses to lead the Hebrew slaves out of Egypt. And, and I, I wanted to share this story with you and then share a little bit about where we're headed in 2022. And then that's all we're going to do um, today. So I, I'm, I'm glad you're joining us online. Um, but I want to read or begin with Exodus chapter 3, begin with verse 1. And Moses is just going about his business. He's, he's got jobs to do, and God begins to break into his world. Listen to what happens. It says in verse 1, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. 
And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Now, in this story, God has a plan for Moses's life, a plan that Moses is not really excited about. But there was a desperate need to deliver the Hebrew slaves out of Egypt And this group of people that he was going to deliver would become the nation of Israel that God would use to restore the world. Now, that's another rabbit hole that we'll talk about another time. But God had planned through the nation of Israel to send the Messiah, Jesus, who would die on the cross for not only the sins of the world, but to restore uh, those who would seek God to a place of walking with him and a relationship with him, uh, not just now, but forevermore. Uh, but at this time in Moses's life, he just wanted to take care of the sheep, right? He just he had a job to do. And as he's going about his job, this bush is burning, but it's not burning up. That's probably not unusual to see something burning. Uh, but he decided he was going to turn. See, many times when God wants to break into your life and to show you something he wants to do in you or through you, It starts by seeing if he can get your attention. Are you even interested in what God wants to do? And and for Moses, none of this story would have continued if he had said, oh, that's interesting. I've got got sheep to feed. Uh, I've got jobs to do. But instead he turned, and when he turned, God saw him and God spoke to him. God's always wanting to break into your world. Sometimes when God wants to break in and he wants to say something to you or draw you to something or, or call you to something he's wanting to do through you, it, it doesn't begin with this big, loud clap of thunder and this hand comes down from heaven and writes a job description on the wall. But instead, it's this interesting thing for God to see, are you paying attention? Will you turn and look? And if you do, then God speaks. Now, he didn't know what was going on with the bush. He didn't know who the angel of the Lord was. We find out later that that, that really is the angel of the Lord is God. And we read later that after Moses listens and obeys and eventually delivers the Hebrew slaves out of Egypt, that God stays with him throughout the entire assignment. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, it says, And the Lord went before them by day, and a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they may travel by day and by night. And the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. And God stayed there. He was with them. He walked with them to the place in which he was taking them. But he first had to break through in their world. And he did that through Moses, and he did that through All of the things he did um, with and for and to Pharaoh. In your life, as you look back through the story of Scripture, do you find other stories that God just broke in and changed the story? 
I think back to Abram, who would eventually be named Abraham, who God broke into his world and he was doing just fine for himself. And God says, I want to do something in you and through you. And of course, uh, perhaps the most notable place in which God breaks into our world is through Jesus Christ. And we read the announcement from the angels to the shepherds, uh, which is telling them just that in Luke chapter two, verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. God literally breaks in as the Christ child. Now, later, Jesus is going to teach us that um, someone else is going to come and is going to break into our world and, and literally come live within our lives. And that is the Holy Spirit. And he says he's going to come and he's going to convict the world and he's going to teach you all the truth of God's word. And he's going to speak to you and show you how you are to follow God. It's a beautiful story of God continually breaking into our world. And I want to ask you simply this on this day when you've already picked up all the wrapping paper and you've done the shopping and you're ready for a break. Does God want to break into your world this year? And if he does, what what does that look like? Whenever I get to this time after Christmas, we generally are off seeing some other family members that don't live right here with us. And uh, but I, I begin to wind down. And my mind not only moves from remembering the good things that happened, not just those that I just mentioned, but I'll process the rest of the year as well. What's happened throughout the year? What can I learn from what happened in this year? And and where is God moving us for the next year? That's really where my thoughts begin to become consumed between Christmas and New Year's. What's God going to do in this in this new year? What's God going to do in 20? 22, I found one of the best ways to determine what God has done is just to stop and to reflect. See, reflection is is huge uh, when we experience something. See, we can experience something and it, it was a thing that happened and we know what happened, but we don't really know what happened or why it happened or how we're different because of it. Reflection is the thing that gives our experiences Meaning, it's it's how we avoid the bad experiences sometimes, how we avoid reliving those in the future. And it's also how we remember the good things and how do we repeat those. Reflection is that time to stop and to consider what happened, why did it happen, how am I different because of it. And God's constantly calling us to reflect. A, a lot of times prayer is reflection on God's word. What have I read? What does this mean? What other questions do I have? What other answers do I need to seek? And God wants us to know that 
He's there in the midst of our reflection because he's also going to be there in the midst of calling us to the next thing in our lives. Do you have an idea of what that might be for 2022 for you? If you look back and and you have a hard time thinking maybe what has God done in 2021 or in 2020 since they do seem to run together. What has God done in my life or have I experienced him the most? Where where was I learning about him most deeply and 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 what was I doing that I felt his presence most clearly? Or maybe you're looking back and you're thinking, gosh, I don't even know that I had one of those moments in 2021 or 2020, or I don't even remember the last time that I really felt like I was experiencing Christ in a significant way in my life. Usually I find it's it's because we're distracted if that's the case. We can be distracted by all kinds of things. We can be distracted by fear. We can be distracted by anxiety. A lot of people are struggling with fear and anxiety through this season. We can be distracted just by busyness. I've got a lot to do. Christmas is a really busy time. It's hard to really think about Christ at Christmas because we have so much to do and presents to wrap and parties to go to and and things to wrap up at work so we can take a few days off to spend with our families. Sometimes we're distracted, especially in the midst of a pandemic, trying to catch up for the things we lost in 2020. And so we're busy doing things and going places and trying to pack two years into one. And in all of those distracting, fun and good things, we sometimes miss the burning bush off to the side saying, I want to do something significant in you right now. But we're too distracted to see it. As you begin to reflect, it helps you to deal with those distractions, helps you to see what is distracting you from God and, and helps you to plan in the future to be less distracted. Whenever I am in a, a time where I feel like I'm not really experiencing the closest of God, I will tell you there's one thing that generally helps me break out of those times, and that is time in God's Word. And I don't just mean... Well, I read five chapters today, so now God's happy with me. So now he's going to show up and he's going to bless me in some way. I, I, not, not that way. But when I just absorb God's word, I, I read it and then I struggle with it and I ask questions about it and I ask God questions. Uh, you know, God, what are you saying here? And I'm praying through this and I'm seeking the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit's supposed to do, which is to help me to understand it. It's many times in those wrestling periods of just knowing and reading and figuring out what am I supposed to do with this that God shows up. And if it's, if it's not in the reading, it's in the reflection or the praying after. Maybe it's uh, recognizing I've really been, I've really been distracted. I've really been off base or uh, God, I just need to ask you to forgive me for something in my life. Maybe that's the moment that it happens. Or it's a moment where, where I read something and I'm like, God, I, like this messes with me. I'm not sure I even believe this. In which God says, ah, oh, I'm here to help you through this. So I, I believe your relationship with God is supposed to be dynamic. It's not just that we're supposed to read about all these things that happen. God's supposed to be working in our lives today. That's exactly the role of the Holy Spirit in your life when you begin to follow Christ. And then once you've 
reflected and once you've dealt maybe with the distractions or you've thought through what are the ways in which God has been present within my life, I find that God often leads me to be intentional about how I spend my time in the future. What does God want me to do in 2022? What does God uh, want me to change about myself or change about my patterns or do I, do I need to change? Do I need a new job? Do I need to, to get more sleep? Do I need to eat better? Do I need to spend more time with my family or friends? Or do I need to, you know, be at church more? Or do I need to begin serving? Or have I stopped leading and I need to start leading again? I, I don't know what those things are, but when those things come to mind, God will urge you and draw you to be intentional about acting on them. And in so doing, I find some of the most beautiful times of walking with Christ is when I'm acting on the things that he's showing me, either through his word or through prayer or through another believer that's helping me to understand an experience that I've been through. See, it's just amazing what happens when you have that kind of a life-giving relationship with him. Now, these moments are important, and I believe that doing this is important, not just at Christmas, but throughout the year. Because the best indicator of what your future is going to look like is what your past has looked like. I don't know who said this. Um, it's been attributed to lots of different people, and a lot of people have, have, have said this quote. But it, it goes like this. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. I don't know who to give credit for that. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. But it is true. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. What are the things that you have continued on and on and on in your life that it's time to stop? What are the things that you used to do and they added so much life and joy and you need to start again? What are the places in your faith and in your life and walk with Christ that were so real and so full of joy and peace and hope? that you really need to return to? And what are the things that continue to give you life year after year after year that you need to continue as well? So all that can happen as you process and reflect and pray and dig and ask questions. And in the moments in which there's a little burning bush somewhere off to the side to grab your attention, you turn and you pay attention and you say, yes, God, what, what do you want for or from me? There are a lot of things that can distract us. But I believe that God wants to break through in your world in this coming year. And it may not just be for you. It may be also for your family. It may not just be for your family. It may be for your neighbors or your coworkers, for your church family, or just people in your community. There are things that God wants to do to break through in your life for you and for those around you. See, I'm going to be praying about those things for myself and for my family and for you as we enter into this new kind of uncertain year of 2022. And none of us really knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows what these variants are going to do. I am really hopeful and praying that this latest variant is is maybe going to infect a lot of people and it's going to be a really mild case and then we're going to end up with herd immunity. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I, I don't know what's going to happen. That's what I'm praying for. But even though we don't know what's going to happen in 2022, let me just share what I believe God wants to do in our lives as a church moving forward. See, it's been said 
about the church, that we are a people of the book. Well, I, I, I believe that. But I also believe that that is an incomplete statement. I, you, can, you can love the Bible and completely miss Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you can memorize large portions of Scripture and not ever understand what it means or what God is saying. And, and you can also know the whole story from start to finish and never submit your heart, your life, your priorities, or your principles to him. We are a people of the book, but where I see us as, as a church is not just that we learn more Bible, but that we wrestle with it. We dig deeply into it. As we talked about last Sunday, where we're a place where iron sharpens iron, maybe even sparks will fly and doubts will be voiced and questions will fly, but we will dig and dig and dig because we are not just a people of the book, but we are a people of truth and a people of Jesus Christ. I want to, I want to continue to move in that direction, not only on Sunday mornings, but at some point we need to get our small groups going again. And some of you may be called on to lead. Maybe God's nudging you and saying, I, I, I want, I want you to consider leading others to know more about Christ. Maybe um, it's a place in our church where you can come and you can serve and welcome guests because guests, there are a lot of guests right now. People are seeking something and they're searching. There's, there's a lot of upheaval in churches and there's a lot of moving around. There are also a lot of people that are just asking new questions because they're tired of being afraid. They're tired of anxiety. They're tired of living a life without hope or purpose. And they're going to walk in our doors, and what they need to see is someone there saying, you belong with me. Whether that be on a guest team or just sitting next to somebody at church and saying, listen, I don't know you. My name's Mark. I just Can I sit with you? I don't know what it's going to be or how God's going to nudge you. But I want to encourage you that as we are diving deeply into God's word, there are all kinds of ways for you to serve others and to lead. I don't just want to sit around and read the Bible, though. We, we have a history as a church of being active in our community, of trying to help those who are in need. And wherever we find the least of these around us, if it's something we can help with, we typically show up to help. We're going to continue doing that with the food pantry. We're going to continue to do that with Room in the Inn, with Red Bank Middle School and the clothes closet and other ways we can minister there. We're going to continue to do that with Widow's Harvest and who knows all the different ways that we can be involved in community this year. In addition, I'm really looking forward to continuing partnering with other churches and not just for youth Christmas parties, but what are ways that we can impact our city together as the united body of Christ. I want to see that happen. I believe God's going to show you some ways in which we can do that. And, and I need you to help us to show up when God says to show up. I don't know all of the ways God's going to do all these things, but our distinctives have typically been that we welcome people no matter who they are, where they are on the journey, how they dress, how they look, how they talk. You can come and be welcomed here. You can be loved. You don't even have to agree with us. You can still come in and be loved. It's one of our distinctives. It always has been. 
Our distinctive have always been to make a difference in our community. In the ways that I've mentioned, in some new ways I believe God's going to be moving us towards in 2022. But that we are really serious about this thing we call faith. That we are a people who are really reaching out and seeking God no matter what. No matter where it takes us. No matter what he, no matter what he tells us. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you declares the Lord. That is what I want for our church, whether it's in Bible study or in small groups or in service or in worship or in loving others or in just being a shoulder to cry on, whatever it is that we are seeking the Lord through this and we are showing other people the goodness of God, the pearl of great price, the treasure buried in the field. It's worth it to sell everything we have so that we can go get that treasure. As God begins to speak to you, I'd love to hear about it. If God says something about your service here at Journey, I would love to hear about it. There are lots of ways for us to kind of rebound in 2022 and restart some things, but also maybe let some things go and start some new things. But that's going to take that's going to take all of us together. It's going to take us being here to be a part. It's going to take leaders leading, because without leaders, it's not going to happen. And I want this to be a year of great breakthrough, not just for you, but for our church, for our church family, and for our community. And next week, we will be in person again, and we're going to be starting a series called The Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, when talking about following him. And we read that, we often think about, well, what is a yoke and farm equipment, things like that. But, but in Old Testament and New Testament Judaism, a yoke was something that a rabbi would place on their disciples. It was the summation of their teaching. And as we look through the Gospels, we see lots of Jesus' teaching, and then we see the apostles through the rest of the New Testament trying to apply that teaching and showing us what that looks like in that first century church, but the yoke of Jesus, most scholars tell us, is really the Sermon on the Mount. That is the most concise, big chunk of his teaching about the kingdom of God and what it means to know him. And so we're going to start that next week, and we're just going to go verse by verse through this Sermon on the Mount. And and some of the sections we've covered somewhat recently, we're going to go quickly over those and spend more time in the sections we haven't talked about in a while um, and then all the th- areas that we kind of skip through, you can go back and we'll show you where you can go dig deeper if you want to. And old sermons and old studies that we've done, uh, we're not going to rehash it all just like we already have. We're going to follow that up with a series I think is going to be important for 2022. It's called Elephant in the Room, and this will be the second time we've done an Elephant in the Room series. And what it's about are the big cultural um, issues that are happening around us, the big issues in church and faith that we need to wrestle with, and it is literally an elephant in the room, but nobody wants to talk about it. Well, we're going to talk about those things. Now, we did this a few years ago, and we, we may replicate a topic or two, but we're not replicating the series because uh, the world has changed, and the things we're wrestling with today are, are, some are some are similar, but there are a lot of new ones. We want to talk about the new ones that nobody wants to talk about. That's part of digging deeper. I I believe that as you study God's word, it draws you in. Whenever you read scripture, if you don't have more questions than when you started, you need to go back and read it again. And those questions take you somewhere. 
I'm really excited about 2022. I'm really excited about doing life with you for another year. I'm super thankful for all the ways you have served and been generous and shown up and been encouragers. And I'm really excited to see what God's going to do to break through in your life in this coming year and break through our church through you. So for today, let me just say again, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I hope you have a great time with your family, with your friends, that you do have a wonderful time of eating way too much of whatever your favorite Christmas snack is or drink way too much hot chocolate or and you take a whole lot of naps. But during this time, consider that God might be placing a burning bush somewhere around you saying, I am ready to do something in you. Will you turn and let me? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week, and I hope you'll bring a friend with you.